Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. One. Welcome back to episode 57 of the Have We Made It Yet podcast. If this is your first time listening, or I guess if, if it could be your 57th time listening, ooh, I know, day one fans, y'all are the best, but even first time listeners, y'all great too. Um, this is the podcast where two creatives and their guests talk about the process of making it. My name is Lucas Ng, the actor portion of this podcast, and I'm joined by my co-host. The comedian formerly known as the comedian, uh, Josh Yang. (laughs) Why formerly? I don't don't know, because it's like I still haven't gone back out there yet. So, I mean, it's comedian on hiatus, on on a hobbyist, on, uh, on, on the lamb, on the whatever it is. On the lamb. Is that, is that phrase like... When you say on the lamb, is that L-A-M-B? I think it's L-A-M. What, what does that yeah, I, mean? You know what? I actually don't, I, I don't know. I, I, oh. I actually don't know the the background behind it. Maybe I should have read the letter L in my sleep podcast up until now. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll have uh, read it, but no, we haven't gotten yeah. to the letter L yet. I'm sure that lamb is like pretty, like one of the first words on the on the L Letter. Yeah, L. Yeah, it's got L A. I think L A. And then M. And then yeah, we'll see. We'll awesome. See. I know you guys didn't come here to check out the letter L as written or read by Mr. Josh Yang. But as we start off with every episode, I'm going to ask the the question that is the name of this podcast, Mr. Josh Yang. Have you made it yet? I have not made it yet. Then this is the 57th time that I've said I've not made it yet because we're being honest on this podcast. And, you know, I haven't made it yet, but what I can say is I've gotten my second vaccine. So uh, we're making it out of this pandemic. So far, COVID free as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned. But don't be, don't, if you're watching this on, on YouTube, also don't be afraid of the, the glitching in and out of the, of the images. I'm just being casually hacked by the Russian government. So there's plenty of different, you know, things going on. But other than that, I got the vaccine. I feel good. And uh, I'm also, you know, letting the, letting the people see a little bit of that, f- about of the flow there that I've been yeah. hiding a little bit because I finally might go get a haircut after 17 months. Yeah. of of this hair it, it, the, the hair down here has essentially was the hair that was with me when i did the show in january of last year that got right. recorded the fresh rice set yes and if you guys would like to continue to support uh mm-hmm. the comedian formerly known as josh comedian josh yang uh go go and check that out uh and you'll have seen this some some pieces of this hair down here but i'm cutting mm-hmm. that off it's going to be new and improved double backs josh so it's crazy how like i just remember watching your set 
at the CBC Glenn Gould Theater. And the hair is completely different. Yeah. Like you look yeah. like, you know, your average, you know, obedient schoolboy kind of guy, you know, glass, different glasses, but mind you too, uh, uh, yeah. with a nice fade out too and everything like that. Like you, mm. you look like a normie. A normie, just, just your average copy and paste Asian guy. But Basically. now you look like a David Cho kind of guy, man, like a rebellious Asian. Whoa, is that is that all the hair, all the uh, party in the back? Is that all? And the glasses, and man. And the glasses. Okay. I'll it looks tight. It. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see. I mean, I'm only going to cut it about halfway there. So it's like, I think it gets a little bit of that, uh, the length and the heat as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's summer, it's, it's getting hot out there. But that's where I'm at. That's that's how I'm I'm at in terms of making it. But uh, you know, I'm not that interesting right now. So, but let's talk to the more interesting guy. Yeah, of the of this podcast, Lucas. Have you made it yet? No, I have not. And like Josh said, this is the 57th time I have probably said no to that question. Mm-hmm. Um, two things though. Um, I got double vaxxed. Yes. That feel, that feels good. That feels good. But on the flip side, that doesn't feel good because <laughs> I got hit by a bus. No, no, no. I didn't actually get hit by a bus, but I felt like I did, um, just because the mad shivers, the slight fever and everything like that, but it feels good to be on the mend right now. So fingers crossed that, uh, that I can, uh, you know, go outside pretty soon and, and, uh, you know, explore the, the world being double vaxxed. Um, but but kind of luckily, though, I, I was at the Scotiabank Arena yesterday to get my uh, second vax, right? And um, when I was going down to, like, the the playing floor, like, where the Raptors play, where the where the Leafs play, uh, a, a lady just asked me, hey, do, do, you, do you mind, like, interviewed or, or getting your picture taken for CP24? And I was like, hmm okay <laughs> so i signed a quick release and everything like that yeah. and um they're like okay okay cool cool S- sit sit in this like sit in, in this table then okay so i'm like cool okay so i have my mask on my hair is like a big mess and everything like that um didn't think much of it you know just the person was taking photos i'm sure they're taking photos of everybody there um but then later i was featured on the on the official twitter feed of of the vaccination people that were hosting it at Scotiabank Arena. So, so it's kind of cool. It's like, you know, I get my own little memento of the, of the moment. So oh, it feels nice. Good. Hey, you know what? Any exposure is good exposure at this. And that's what we want. We want that exposure. We want that name, face recognition, facial recognition. Out no there. So making it, making it, making it. But Josh though, of course, again, I, I, I'm going to make this like a little meme for myself, but there is a third screen. I'm not sure if anyone else can see it, but there is a third screen down here, which means we have a guest. Two thumbs up, man. Are, are you ready, Josh? I'm ready. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. So I was introduced to our next guest through one of our mutual friends, Josh. Mm, that's how Will we get f- most of our guests. I, I I know, I know, right? Right, right. Uh, no, no, re- no really cold calls. Not so but, far, uh, not so yeah. far, but we're putting, them, we're putting them out there. Exactly. So it was one of our mutual friends, Wilson, that made this connection. Uh, he had made this introduction when I was starting out in my entertainment career. And our next guest has helped me along the way with questions I might have and catching me up on her adventures in LA as she was there. 
Our next guest here is a talented screenwriter and entertainment professional that has worked with Sony Pictures and STX Entertainment. Her forte in writing has landed her as a finalist at the Austin Television Festival, where she pitched her project, House of Fortune. I'm really excited to talk to her about her process and, and inspirations. So we'll give it up for the amazingly talented Shirley Yip. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you feeling? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Two good. Up. Two, two thumbs, thumbs up. up. Two vaxes shot in us. Mm -hmm. So. So jealous. So Aww. jealous. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I. We have like, so no matter what the, the supply is, you get it at the eight week interval. So right. it's like, whenever you got your first show, you have to wait that two months is not first come first serve, mm -hmm. but you know, we'll make it, we'll make it. Um, Canadians were, I think we're the highest percentage of vaccination as a country. So nice. We beat Israel. Yes. Awesome. I mean, thankfully, because like, what is it? What was it? A month and a half, two months ago, we were like the lowest. We were like getting like no shots coming in, and then finally, once this, once the supply was, was coming in, we were finally able to be less embarrassed by that fact. <laughs> exactly. Yes, because yes, we rely on other countries mm -hmm. basically, but <laughs> it's we're getting there. Um, not complaining. Nice, nice. Shirley, I'm going to ask you the, the epitome of this podcast here. The question, have you made it yet, Shirley? No, mm -hmm. absolutely not. Um, long way to go, I think. Nice, nice. I don't know if I um, have a bar in terms of like, oh, I've made it. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I think I've set that bar very high. So it's so I don't have the pressure about making it or not. But oh. no, I have not made it. Okay. Yeah. On on about that bar that you do set. Yes. I, I, I like to ask this follow up there. What's your it in making it? Um, I don't know. It's it's weird because I think maybe getting a show on the air or getting a feature made maybe that will be it mm -hmm. but even then i don't know i don't know when i do it if i still feel like i made it uh -huh. so it's i think it's a long journey but yeah i think getting something like a product or uh -huh. something you made yeah. And you have that credit. I think that will make me feel like I made it, but I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know until I achieved it. Yeah. Nice. Do you, do you feel like it? It would be something where it's like a project got like greenlit, or it's like completed its premiere, or some some kind of like objective like that, or do you feel like you you would like play by ear and it's more of a feeling? You know, it's like I, in the moment what you just said yeah i think it's a feeling i think it's mm. a feeling more than anything but um you know from living in la and working in the industry even if your thing is greenlit it might mm -hmm. not go it right. might not go into production even if it goes to production it might not wrap and then it's like a long list of you know uncertainties yeah. so but 
I don't know. I, I don't necessarily have a goal mm-hmm. um, in terms of the make it bar, but I think this is going to be crazy, but I think it would be like an Oscar. Like, mm. like, I'll be like, yeah, the everyone in the Academy thinks that you've made it. So, huh. uh, but I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Nice, nice. I, let, let's start with, with, because I, because I totally understand that whole like meandering feeling that you might have with with working in this incredibly volatile industry here first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did see that you graduated from the U of T with a drama specialty and also an English minor there too. Yeah. Um, th- then I did see that you also like moved to China to work in advertising and everything like right. that. Uh, what prompted you to initially make that move from Toronto to like Beijing? Right. So so. You know, um, how do I, so like I grew up in Vancouver. Mm. That's how I met our mutual friend Wilson. He yeah. was my classmate when I was in third grade or something. Whoa. Wow! So that's how I met Wilson. We were elementary classmates, and uh-huh. I think he's a grade under me, and that's how uh-huh. we met. Um, and we connected years later when Facebook was invented. <laughs> and, and so I, my family, so still had business back in China. So we mm-hmm. like, we're, we moved back when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to international school in China. Mm-hmm. And then when I graduated, I went to U of T and originally I was like, going into arts management because my parents wanted me to do business and I was like but I don't like I so I applied for all these business schools in Canada and I I got the package you know the admissions package and it's like this is the first year curriculum for commerce you know Uh, and then I read it I was so bored out of you know accounting 100 management 100 and calculus which i took in high school but still (laughs) and so i was like oh okay there's this alternative um it's arts management you have a specialty degree (laughs) and then at u of t and but then after the first year i kind of hated that part of the management so you get to choose a stream like visual arts performing arts you know all that art history and visual arts and I went into drama (laughs) and I was like I can't do this but they didn't have so I had to audition and go into the drama um department yeah and I did and um it was a you know it's it's a weird experience oh, okay. um, for theater school because there aren't that many Asians yeah. um, mm. in theater school, <laughs> and um, and there was a lot of you know hindsight, but at the time too there there's racism in in school, <laughs> and it's not like in your face type of racism, but it's yeah. like. You know, and we would all, I'm, I went into acting first and I did some playwriting mm-hmm. um, and we would uh, have these casting calls for extras, right? Uh-huh. 
And then all of us would apply in the same program and yeah. only the blondes would get called to be extras. And yeah. I had a guest professor instructor for one year because um, the, the guy who teaches Drama 300 was taking a sabbatical. Oh, okay. And so it was very, you know, bad for us because yeah. we didn't get the good professor um and and i had a teacher basically saying it's going to be really hard for you and i didn't understand what she meant i was just like oh am i a comedic actress and i'm a dramatic actress but <laughs> you know she said something just like oh because you're oriental and i'm like what and so it was like that kind of now, when I think about it, it stopped me from yeah. pursuing acting and mm -hmm. all that. And so I moved back to China and I went into advertising. I did, you know, I travel a lot. I mm -hmm. live a life. But then I realized that I just didn't want to do that. I wanted yeah. to be a writer. And mm -hmm. I think I've always wanted to be a writer more than acting. Mm. So then I moved to L.A. and I um took a writer's program at ucla and that's yeah. how i started out um yeah. yeah i also meant to ask you like just earlier on in china yeah. was there a moment when you're working advertising that really made you kind of reignite that fire of working entertainment of course it's not as an actor anymore but as i mean a it's almost like a joke but like oh. so mad man was like big show when i was in college right yeah. and i'm like oh so cool like being a copywriter, coming out with like, you know, tech, like a copy, you know, for advertising. Yeah. But then I wasn't hired as a copywriter. I was hired as the account person, which uh -huh. frustrated me a lot. And I'm like, I'm more creative than all of you. <laughs> and you're not listening to me. Okay. <laughs> and, and then it was like, I, so it was rough for me. So I wasn't a creative in an advertising agency. And, it, you know, the joke is I wanted to write Mad Men or I want to be in Mad Men. I didn't want to work uh, yeah. in like Mad Men, the industry. <laughs> so I, it was very tough um, in terms of there are some jobs I just didn't work out. <laughs> and um, I was like, and initially I'm like, I'm going to move to New York and work on like work in advertising uh -huh. in, on Madison's, you know, like, yeah. it was that. But then I was like, uh, a, another supervisor of mine was like, well, if you want to write, because um, mm -hmm. I told him I wanted to write, you mm -hmm. can write the next commercial. And I'm like, I don't want to write the commercial. I want to. <laughs> I want to write the movie, you know, yeah, yeah, I want yeah. to write the TV show. <laughs> and so I moved back to Canada without any type of, I left my career basically, essentially. Awesome. I, I left yeah. my career in advertising. I was finally in like mint management where I could make a living, but then <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then I bought like some screenwriting books at, uh, indigo it's called indigo now not chapters but like yeah. i bought, bought some screenwriting books and then it's like if you want to write in tv you got to be in los angeles <laughs> and then i'm like okay 
Um, and so I moved to Los Angeles. That's essentially yeah. how I got to Los Angeles. And it's also that idea that if I don't do it before I'm 30, uh-huh. I'm going to just not do it. Yeah. So, yeah. I just love the aspirations that you have. Like even they give you an opportunity to like write a commercial. You're like, nope, no commercial. I want to write a series. I want to write a feature film. You're like, yeah, no, you had aspirations and you went according to that. Right. And, and you know, everyone was rooting against it. I got to say like, you know, um, friend, like, especially if you're in China and you tell someone you wanted to be a screenwriter, like, people are like why or that's a dream you know that's not something that can be done but yeah you're exactly but it's it's always the people that do actually push that actually get somewhere so you're pushing that's the yeah so so it's i think it's you know it's been a while and it's kind of like you know when I got to LA, I thought, okay, I'll spend a year writing and then I'll get something good. <laughs> but then as soon as you start writing, you're like, oh my God, everyone <laughs> that, you know, th- we have a lot of guest lectures, which is great. That's why, you know, you're in Hollywood. The teacher knows a friend <laughs> who's, you know, and they're like, yeah, I've been working on it as an assistant for nine years before I got a shot at writing oh my that episode God. and then I'm like how how does nine year work you know <laughs> um why does it take that long you know you're like oh you hear stories about a development hell and mm-hmm. it took 12 years for a film to get made and then I'm like but how and then <laughs> now I'm five years in right I'm halfway <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I think it's like you adjust your expectation and your goal mm-hmm. as you go further into this sunken place. <laughs> good reference. Yeah. Good reference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely LA is like the valley of death for a lot of for a lot of uh, different aspiring creatives get it going in, getting chewed out. And it's like it's definitely not an easy environment, but it's it's still essentially the environment you have to be in if you want more of those opportunities to be there because i imagine like all the big i mean all the big productions are there all the like pilot season that's there and that's where like most of the writers will go anyways uh, especially for comedy as well i know no that's the case um do you remember when you like really wanted to get into writing like you you realize you didn't want to write the commercial. You wanted to write the next movie. You wanted to write next next TV series. Did you have like a specific idea uh, at that time that it was like something that you thought was just like a great idea, and it it just feels like it needs to be in a TV show or it needs to be in a movie? Yes, and you know I'm embarrassed to say, you know I've written a few scripts now, but I'm embarrassed to say that first one, yeah. I haven't figured it out so I've growing up I think you know there are a lot of I watch a lot of tv and I think it has to do with um when I was in high school and I lived in China um back then it was before streaming right Mm -hmm. and but China has this really weird 
great source of piracy. So like oh. there are places where it's all like, it's like a market full of fake DVDs. Yeah. yeah. But they have all the foreign films that you can think about. It's better than, their archive is better than Queen Video or even the National oh. Archive because <laughs> it's free for them, right? So it's like, I'm just gonna basically pirate any festival movie everywhere. <laughs> And so I would go to, you know, Friday after school, we'll go to this market with my best friend and we'll buy like 20 DVDs and it would cost like nothing. <laughs> and that weekend or the for the whole next week, I'm just watching and consuming content. And I think, you know, and, and at the same time, I was living in Guangzhou, which is very close to Hong Kong and they have the Hong Kong stations broadcast mm -hmm. um, and they used to have sex in a city every Saturday or Sunday night mm -hmm. and I would watch that at 12 and that's how like you know like you have kind of like a system that you set up but mm -hmm. long story short I've always I think I always wanted to write my yeah. version of sex in the city Oh, nice. And so before I moved to LA, I actually took a screenwriting class at McGill. It was like a summer class, you know, for anyone interested. <laughs> and I really wanted to write something like that yeah. uh, because I think it really shifted the way women talk about sex and relationships and mm -hmm. it just kind of changed comedy in that way yeah um but i've so i've written a iteration of that <laughs> two different pilots actually comedy nice. pilots and they don't work Aww. yet where did your uh sex in the city uh take place because new york is like a character in itself in that show yeah and i think Maybe in five years, I, <laughs> because the thing is, um, you know, I'm trying to work that out um, <laughs> as we speak, but because I'm writing another comedy has nothing to do with the idea. Yeah. But for this in particular, I wanted to write about my 20s. <laughs> um, and, you know, a few years ago, I had this idea, which is like, you know, how there's Broad City, there's uh, Girls, you know, yeah. which is, you know, what some people say the millennial version of Sunset City. <laughs> right. And yeah. I remember, I recall a friend of mine that was like, Broad City is that for her. Right. Um, and I was like, but they're losers. <laughs> <laughs> they, they smoke weed and they work in a gym and like the other one's the barista, like, I've never watched past because I studied it, you know, at school or whatever. Yeah. And and I'm like, but that's not me. Like, <laughs> like what? Like or or girls like they couldn't get past the internship. What what the hell is that? <laughs> like, why? You yeah, know. Yeah. And I slowly, you know, was thinking, okay because I am an overachiever, right? To me, that is a complete loser. 
and <laughs> like those characters and it it works for them right yeah, yeah. it works for that particular world mm-hmm. but um for my world like you know since i went to school and most of my college friends are like bankers or accountants or like they have their executives they're mm-hmm. not working at a gym and mm-hmm. smoking weed not that there's anything wrong with that but so i'm like so what does that mean what does that world mean yeah. and and maybe i could find something in that where it's like uh-huh. i'm the underachiever of my asian friends right uh-huh. um because why would you not have make a living you know for this long writing you know <laughs> And so maybe there's something in that, but also maybe I could set it in somewhere like Shanghai or Hong Kong. Cool, yeah. Which is, it, it's weird because I know that Amazon have greenlit a few shows that are set there that oh. are comedy or drama. I think Lulu Wang is doing something like that. Cool, mm, right. About expats. And since I lived there as an expat, uh, it would be like, oh, my version of Emily in Paris, maybe oh, like oh, yeah. Shirley in Shanghai. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that works. Shirley in Shanghai. <laughs> you know, like, can I do a spinoff Shirley in Shanghai? Because the, the EP for Emily in Paris is is um, the one of the showrunners for Sex and City. Oh, so cool. it made sense, right? Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a long journey for yeah. that show to happen. But you. in the meantime, I'm writing other things. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask one more question yeah. about just your LA experience before we get into, of course, House of Fortune yeah. and everything like that. Um, so I did see like back at your jobs in LA, you worked in development, also became yes. EA and everything like that too. Yeah. Uh, th- those are like, you know, pretty, pretty different you know, job sets of skills and everything like that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm sure all in the same industry. Do you have any advice for someone who who wants to actually like go into development or be an EA and entertainment? Because I'm sure that just the pressures there are much higher. I guess you have to know what your goal is, you know, in terms of like, is your goal to be an independent producer? Is your mm-hmm. goal to be a um, studio executive, mm-hmm. which is usually why people would take up a executive assistant job. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing, and this is like the weird thing with this, it's like a weird system that was set up in the 50s mm-hmm. and they never got past <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Because you're rolling calls and you're mm-hmm. like, but you have a cell phone, you can, you, you don't need to dial someone to dial someone to dial someone to get to the person. <laughs> but we're still doing that, like when I was an assistant. And you're scheduling. You're basically doing secretary work mm. from Mad Men um, to circle back. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so it's mind-numbing work. It's work that you can do with your phone (laughs) so if you want to be a studio executive (laughs) then you have to pay your dues yeah yeah so i would say that 
if you want to be a producer or you want to work in the business side of Hollywood, I think being an assistant will kind of get you there. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the only way in is to be an assistant. Yeah. Um, but if you're creative and you're a writer or you're a aspiring director, um, I would say do production work instead. Yeah. I would say be a production assistant, be on set. That is a lot more helpful than sitting on a desk and be like, we need to call so-and-so. Um, uh-huh. And, oh, you forgot to say so-and-so had lunch at Beverly. You know, like it's it's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would, that's what I would say to that. Cool. But I do think that with that is like the other problem, not really a problem. So I, I have writers group and, you know, I have friends who are writers. <laughs> Those who've never worked in the industry, not that you have to, Mm -hmm. but lacks some kind of understanding. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that understanding is more from the business side of things. Like, oh, they're not going to read your script because of practical reasons. (laughs) Um, so it's, it's sort of like if you've been through some internships and you did, I think a year as an assistant, you sort of have the basic understanding of the business, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is helpful for a writer for television. For sure. I mean, just based on you working in development, like I'm sure you understand the reality of the term development hell, just because you're actually there yes doing it yeah and it's most producers don't read the scripts the interns do right Uh um or the assistant but mostly the interns actually (laughs) and the interns do they know like if you're lucky you get a good intern if you don't you get someone that doesn't know anything (laughs) um and and I think there are a lot of people who are not writers who have development internships and they might not necessarily know how to fix a script. Yeah. So there's that. But you also get to listen to what the Oscar-winning producers say about certain scripts and mm-hmm. their notes are good. Um, yep. So, yeah, I think it's a... You know, I think if you're, you really want it, (laughs) you should move to LA. Uh, But then again, Netflix is setting up in Toronto. So maybe that will Uh open things up. Um, I think it's just depends on the person, depends (laughs) on their aspirations. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I love it. I love it. Oh, sorry, George, did you have something? Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to to talk, uh, ask you a bit about like the comedy writing element, because you say you're you're interested in writing a couple comedies. And since, you know, for me, like I'm I started doing comedy, stand up comedy about a year, 
oh man, I've lost track of time. Time is now an abstract. Uh, <laughs> like a, two years, two years ago, geez, coming up in July, I guess, two years ago. Um, and like, in terms of that, like I, I had, I went through a kind of a really quick kind of intensive uh, pro, well, not program. It's, it's really run by two local Toronto comedians about how to write and structure a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think since then, since like I learned a bit about writing jokes, performing jokes as well, and then like watching comedies myself, getting a sense of like what's the flow of a joke or the comedy within an episode. Like for you, uh, in terms of writing your comedies, are you like approaching it from like a plot point of view or like are do you have like certain jokes that come out in your mind and like you kind of develop those jokes further into episodes do you have like a specific approach towards writing comedy for tv i think comedy uh, in tv inter in particular is character 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 mm-hmm. um it's really especially now it's less about the punchline and more about the characters. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's weird because, you know, when you move to LA, um, so in my program at UCLA, you pick a lane. So you do, first you do spec writing, specking an existing show, and then you do your pilot. But I, decided not to take any electives and instead do both drama and comedy because Mm -hmm. I just wanted to try them out both at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I specced um, Modern Family and that particular script went into second round at Austin as well. And so you learn from specking something. And I think it's a very basic thing to do, which is like spec a show that you like. And then and then you kind of get a hang of different shows. Because I mm. also spec um, Unreal when it was on. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was that show. It's like behind the scenes of The Bachelor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway. But like with writing comedy, and it's funny because I'm just outlining my new show, um, and I've ha- I'm having so much fun doing it this time, and I would be laughing as I was writing the outline because I just find the situation or the 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 character is really funny, mm-hmm. and I think. Um, it's if you're writing for TV series, it's find your character first, right? Um, because it's not really about world or anything else, because you want to see that person episode after episode facing problems. <laughs> um, so that would be it, I think. But I think it's an advantage for you to be a stand-up comedian, to do comedy like in the future, because um, how do you say this? This is a very industry thing too. Like developing a drama TV show is very different from a comedy in -hmm. terms of they like people who are stand-ups or worked on SNL. Like they're like, performers you know so I would say 
you know, keep doing stand-up. And eventually, if you're funny, someone will ask you, do you want a show? And then you yeah. figure out how to do it. Yeah, that, that seems like the pipeline. If ever there was a specific, like, pipeline of steps that you would, like, an outline for a stand-up co- uh, comedian's career, it would just be, like, years of languishing at open mics until you have some good material and you're actually a good performer. Then maybe doing some, like, uh, stand-up sets on like TV spots or late night and then from there maybe some producer will be like maybe we'll give you uh, a development deal you could try to figure out a show and then it's like you just pretty much create a comedy show most of the time it's just about you so it's right. like it's just a kind of like a clear because if all your jokes are already talking about you and your perspective then that's just the most natural progression into kind of like a TV format yes and, um, yeah and then from there that's kind of but getting to that point already as a comedian actually just even getting from like not doing any comedy to being a a decent comedian already takes years of of languish and 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 like obscurity so that's that's something like definitely you need some fortitude and and focus when it comes to driving yourself and, and that passion um like to touch upon that like what would you say is the most like difficult element of you know trying to go through this type of developmental process that everybody does face and, and the, the tough challenges and, and the grind of it. Like, what do you kind of do to help keep yourself motivated uh, on your passion? I, I think um, if I'm not doing this, I would be really depressed. Mm. And I think that is that it's like I was just so unhappy working in advertising. Oh, yeah. But uh, and it's also this other thing. Um, I know everyone's experience is very different, but I moved like so, you know, I grew up in Vancouver. You know, I lived in Toronto. I lived in Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, Hong Kong and then L.A. So I moved around a lot. But the only time I felt at home was when I moved to LA and be surrounded with people who are trying to achieve the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, and especially with the pandemic, and I'm not even going to go into visa problems because even when you're Canadian, Americans don't know that, but we're still a foreigner in the country. So I, it's not like I can take every job, you know, like there's a lot that is working against you as a foreigner. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, if you really want to do it, don't give up. And I've seen talking about giving up, like most of my friends who I started out with mm-hmm. have given up. Um, and you know it's hard um you need to make a living right Mm -hmm. um and you have to sustain that kind of passion yeah yeah um yeah i i totally hear i'm almost to that point where it's like it's not really the ones that are so skilled and talented that make it it's the ones that just push through and let time kind of filter out the people who are willing to keep on going yeah it's yeah how do you say it? it's kind of like 
a lot of elements, right? Totally. There are a lot of elements, Mm -hmm. but I do think, um, depends on what your true passion is. Like Mm -hmm. if you want to be a writer and you have a good script, that's it. If if someone doesn't want like like your script, you keep sending it. But yeah. if fifty people said your script is not that great, it's probably not that great. Because in Hollywood, there's a saying: no one will say no to a good script. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to read a good script. The intern wants to read a good script. The producer, the the director, the actress. No one wants a bad script. Mm-hmm. How bad movies get made is another conversation, right? Yeah. But I I do think that um, if you're that talented and skilled, mm-hmm. then you, someone will see it. I, I truly believe that. Awesome. Speaking of having your work shown, congrats again on pitching your 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 house of fortune at the ATX TV festival. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. Can you let us know the synopsis of the story? Yeah. So um, my one hour, it's a crime family drama nice. series called house of fortune. Um, it's about a 26 year old MBA student um, who wants nothing to do with her family because but uh, her parents were in a car accident and her father died. Hmm. And she has to fly back to the East Coast to New York, Chinatown, where she has to inherit her father's like illegal casino business. Hmm. So nice. it's, it's a, you know, it's a Chinese mafia story, essentially. Um, nice. And the... I started this, I came up with the idea, I think early 2017. Mm. And that's when um, there, it was a year after Oscar So White. And Mm. it was right after Scarlett Johansson was cast in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And I, before then I was writing something that was like, like racially blind right Mm. essentially it's just like a comedy that anyone can play you can cast anyone in it and i was just kind of well what am i supposed to do you know Mm. like and it was like how do i write a show like essentially how do i write a show where they're not gonna cast scarlett johansson in it (laughs) and so i wrote a chinatown story with Chinese. They're all yeah. Chinese and there's barely any white people or any other ethnicities, not even like Koreans, right? And so I came up with that and it's set in the 1980s. Mm. So I wanted a story that is about that and I wanted, you know, to do a show about gambling which is not really done before. There's a yeah. lot of drug shows, but there's not a lot of gambling shows. Hmm. And, you know, shows about gambling, why gambling is so important to Chinese culture. And oh, it's about yeah. fate and destiny and luck. Like, you know, oh, is my luck good today? Should I try out my luck? 
So I, I wanted to do something like that. And I wanted to do, a, you know, a family drama, which I haven't written before at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was a slow process. I mean, I wrote it for, you know, on and off almost over, let me see, four years now, right? Over mm-hmm. four years. And it's all always almost there because there's a lot of plot. Um, yeah. And there's... You know, they find out her father didn't really, it wasn't really an accident. It was so, it was a lot of, there's mystery and there's a lot of character building and all that. Um, And so when you're in LA, when you start out, you tend to apply for a lot more competitions that you should Hmm. um, because they're not ready. You know, essentially a script takes time. Mm -hmm. And so Finally, um, this year I, you know, did another, you know, pass at at the script, and I thought it's ready. Like I can't do nice. any more to <laughs> it. Um, so I did. I submitted a video pitch that is ninety seconds, <laughs> and then you go through the process, and then they. It's also like with blacklist, so they blacklist would recommend some people, Sundance would recommend some people, cool. and then at the end they select ten people, and then you do the pitch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, because I've worked on it for over four years, <laughs> I can talk to anyone about it inside and out. Yeah. But the challenge with that is, so you do it live, and it's three minutes. Just three minutes, 180 yeah. seconds. Yes. And um, so I did it and I was the first to do it. Oh, wow. And so, you know, it's nervous. It's nerve wracking. Um, everyone had different ideas and some I really do love to. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's like when you reach a certain point, you kind of are okay with not winning or losing or it's not even about that because you know that once you're in the finals you know at the end they were nice enough to like ask to read everyone's scripts if people have written it so things like that and yeah I think I think pitching is probably my stronger suit nice uh, because I come from advertising. Ah, true. You know, it's it's kind of like selling something. You have to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, the execution is the thing that takes years. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also meant to ask you, like, I didn't know you only had three minutes. So yeah. in knowing that, how was your preparation process like? Well, now that I've done it, I would have done yeah. it differently. Oh. <laughs> like, now that I know... <laughs> what their questions are, because they have a Q&A after, mm-hmm. um, to just focus on the character. Um, oh, okay. I yeah. told the pilot story, because my pilot story was a kind of the origin story, kind of like the, you know, how Michael Corleone became more Michael Corleone, mm-hmm. which is a lot to take in for three minutes. Yeah, And I should have just focused on the character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I think 
you have to set the tone and you know excite people you know have what's the most exciting thing about your show or your mm -hmm. feature or your idea yeah and it's log line like if your log line is interesting people will read your script yeah yeah sometimes mm. it's down to that but wow. the execution is another thing yeah for sure for sure and it's crazy like i'm taking a screenwriting course right now and mm -hmm. you're totally right like if you don't have an attractive log line no one's going to read your one pager no one's going to read like th the first scene that you might have like make sure that log line is sexy as all hell because it needs to yeah. be yeah and if you can't deliver and that's what's good and not good so normally a television pitch lasts 15 to 20 minutes in person. Mm -hmm. So so you have time to like indulge, right? Yeah. And kind of give the feeling and tell a few <laughs> jokes. Yeah. But three minutes you don't. And but it, it goes down to the core thing of what your show is about. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, for for me it's like now I, I have but you can never guess what they're looking for, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can only deliver what you think is best. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say, you know, for people starting out, be sure to know the story of what you're writing. Yeah. Because a lot of people, they, they think they know and then they start writing and they're like, there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I hear you. I hear you. For your for your stories for your approach to to kind of like writing these scripts, um, then is it do you find like you want to work on one script by itself for a certain period of time, or do you do you have multiple kind of ideas and scripts going on at once? Where is like that's kind of stopped? You know, maybe I'll try something else for a little bit, come back to it. Right. Um, yeah. So when I was in school you're writing through four things at the same time because oh. you have, you know, to hand in your pages. So I was used to that for a while, but it, you don't have the focus as, you know, everyone's process is different. Some people like, for example, when you're writing a drama, you watch a lot of dramas to get into the mood of writing another drama or vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, I used to write I could do two things at the same time. And then now I just try to focus one at a time. Mm. Um, and so, so I was, I did a year in screenwriting and then I worked for a year and then I went back to school for directing. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So um, I shifted gears and to, it, it's, you know, it's, it was weird because it's life circumstances made me go back to school and yeah. and then I went into directing and it's it's very I really love directing mm -hmm. and then so in the directing program you're writing and you're directing so during that course of directing I wrote less you know yeah and it's natural because I'm writing shorts and I'm shooting them and producing them. Nice. Blah, blah, blah. And the sad thing was like one week before I was shooting my thesis, mm -hmm. there was a lockdown. Oh, shit. Um, and 
I had to shut it down. It was like, I was preparing for that moment. It's like a year and a half of this program. And I was, I had the perfect cast. I had, mm-hmm. you know, I locked the location down and I had everything prepared at the shot list, everything. Oh my God. And uh-huh. I asked my DP, like we, the location, everything was prepared. Mm-hmm. And then it went away, you know, because, and then every day I'm like, what's going to happen? Like, are, can we still shoot? Are we going to, and then at the same time, you don't know anything about the virus yet. So you're yeah. like, are we going to die? Oh, you yeah. know, oh, like, my God. can we risk? So then I have my DP coming to me, you know, I can't risk my crew to, you know, shoot a short film right? <laughs> and, and since then my lead actress has gone back to Korea because she was a student and then she's gone back to Korea I don't know if she's gonna come back then at the same time I'm like I don't know when so I was planning to shoot on campus and then UCLA was like no shoots right so I was I thought it was gonna be by by the summer and then no that didn't happen by the fall no that you know and so now I'm like uh, I don't know when I'm gonna (laughs) shoot my short film and so that's another thing that's another path (laughs) and I think it's you know, you go back and forth and production is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, hopefully we get to see it one day if it gets shot and everything. Yes. Like me, my aim is I'm gonna shoot it by the end of this year. Oh hopefully. yes. And I I truly want my lead actress to be back and do a shoot with her. But if mm-hmm. not, I have to recast again. You know, it's like that's light. <sighs> yeah. yeah that's ugh, that's the thing with this industry I, I i'm sure it is for di- many different industries but just the, you really got to roll with the punches in terms of even just locations that you're setting up for cast and crew just everything gets so expensive at the same time too man yeah and then now they have you know they, they had covid protocols i'm like i oh, can't yeah. afford covid protocols right so it, <laughs> there's that and shooting in LA is hard. Yeah. But, you know, I guess eventually I'll shoot it. I mean, the, the setup on my short is very condensed and it's one location. And it's, I've written it that way. So it's, mm-hmm. it's good. But my original plan was I shoot the short and then I cut it during the summer and then I go uh, submit it to festivals. And then meanwhile, I do other things. But mm-hmm. now it's like, what? I know. I'm sorry, Shirley. I, I, for you, I hope it all actually goes through. Oh my God. For this next year. Yes. So hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go into, let's do some word association from here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do some, some Zen, Zen zoning out after talking about development and production and, 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 (laughs) the the hell that was covid towards creatives across the spectrum um so let's go into our word association game at the end of our podcast uh basically for our new listeners this game is i will have 10 words lucas will have 10 words 
and we ask our guest Shirley, uh, or not ask, we say these words to. Yeah, we don't ask. We kind of just say. We just yell them at you, and then you just have to react to each of these words, kind of. Um, so yeah, after we say one word, uh, Shirley, in your Zen out mind, you say the first thing that comes to mind. It could be like a word. It could be an image, a feeling. You know, just whatever comes out right away. Uh, and then after we go through our 10 words, uh, the other host will do theirs. And um, I think I'll start. And then, Lucas, you, you're you good to finish off, right? Bingo. Okay. All right. So, Shirley, clear your mind. Take a deep breath. And think about better times. Just, you know, everything's good. The schedule's on track. You're under budget. You know, there's no delays. Nobody's getting sick. Everything's good. And your first word, Shirley, is childhood. Um, rain? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's funny because, like, um, living in L.A., there's no rain. Yeah. Um, it's like people are, like, stops cars during the rain. But, like... Um, I almost don't remember how much it rained in Vancouver, right? Um, so, yeah, rain. Nice, solid, solid choice. I mean, essentially for Lucas and I, that'd probably be a similar answer. Second word, banana. In pajamas. <laughs> nice. Nice. I like. I like the reference. <laughs> yeah, bananas in pajamas. Yeah. Favorite classic, show. Classic, classic. Next word. Sun. Aging. Hmm. You know, oh, like sunspots. Yeah, it's just like you just have to put on sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. You know, yeah. People don't tell you that when you're a kid. Just put on some sunscreen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Next word. Solitude. Ooh. Um, I guess I think it's very important to live with your own voice. I I just um, actually canceled my writer's group. I'm like, I have to be in solitude. I don't think I can listen to um, other people's notes anymore. Or I just have to be alone. Um, I think that's important. Yeah. Nice. Good advice. Next word. Goal. Goal? Like, uh, goal. Um, I think just be present. Hmm. I think the goal should be incremental. I think you should have a goal aim high i think to just take it one day at a time nice nice next word river oh, flow 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 nice next word circle um i think if it you know in terms of writing I think if it's good, it'll come back. 
Hmm. Oh. Yeah. I thought I thought you were uh, about to reference um, like Dan Harmon's like story circle or or that that oh. whole structure, but no, I like I like no. yours better because it's a circle. It'll come back. The it'll come back. I yeah. I think um, good ideas or you know stories or whatever thing you want it to do, it'll come back. Mm. It'll come back. Nice. Next word. Kumquat. What is that? So it sounds so familiar. Yeah, it's a it's a fruit. It's a fruit with a funny name that oh. I always like including. Yeah, I think I'll try it if I haven't already. Yeah. Maybe I just know the other name. Next word. Winning. I think I really think the importance of a writer or someone's making something uh, is to be self-aware. I, mm. I do think that that is a win. If you mm. know, if you're aware, like say, if your joke is good, you're aware. If your joke is bad, you're aware. I think that's very important to have right. self-awareness. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely important. And finally, last word, finish. Oh, it's never finish. Um, yeah, I think writing is never finish. You know, editing is never finish. But, you know, when it's delivered, you know, mm. then it's finished. Yes. Nice. Great, great. Great first 10 words, and Lucas, he's got his, so get ready. Yeah, I, I love these anecdotes that you have for every word that are really enlightening. I'm still thinking about the circle one. <laughs> Meditating on that still. All right, you feel good, Shirley? Ready yes. for the next 10? Awesome, yes. awesome. Okay, first word of 10. Hollywood. Um. <laughs> I think someone once said that Hollywood where, is where dreams go to die. And, um, but I think, I think Hollywood, you know, you're really there to do stuff. If you're there to dream, it's not, it's not it. Don't mm -hmm. go to Hollywood to dream. Dream and then go to Hollywood and do something. Nice. And another location word, L.A. Los Angeles. I, I think Los Angeles. It's very dry. <laughs> very dry. Um, <laughs> the first month I moved there, I wake. I woke up every day, thinking that I have a sore throat. But it was just me not used to how dry it is. And now I don't have that anymore, but it would be like the reaction if I'm in Toronto and I have sore throat, oh my God, I'm getting sick. <laughs> but it's just how dry it is. Dry. Okay. Uh, next word, Sony. Um, rainbow, like that's the most oh. prominent thing at the Sony studios is rainbow? that they have the uh, Wizard of Oz <gasps> rainbow. Oh. Um, and I do think that there's something magical to work at the lot. Um, 
Yeah. Awesome. Um, next one, Austin. So I went to Austin. Um, I, oh, let me think. Is it 2017 during the Austin Film Festival? And I was there for four, four or five days. I forgot how long it was, but every day I wore a clothes of different seasons. It oh. was one day, 98 degrees, I guess it's 30, 35. One day it would be freezing. It's like 11 degrees. It Basically, I experienced four seasons within a week. And that's what I didn't know about Texas. Um, <laughs> in october yeah 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 yeah. holy shit because we were about to go to austin for a stag and i can't imagine like constantly having to rejig my outfit for every new yeah day. because i i did have a down jacket i want to say like those very lightweight down jacket but it was like i i ended up buying you know a summer dress you know at <laughs> the last day because it was so hot yeah it was just very confusing um <laughs> Mm. That's a great word for Austin. Yeah. I love confusing. Yeah. Confusing. Yeah. <laughs> quirky. quirky. Quirky is quirky. A, even the weather is quirky in Austin. Yeah, and and there. So if you guys ever go to the festivals, I'm sure they use a lot of church, hmm. um, oh. church spaces at these festivals. Oh, cool. And so you go in, you know, and then. Only in Texas, it would be like, do not bring your firearm into the church. That yeah. was very, that was very surprising to me. I've never seen that outside oh of the God. church. Okay, ne next word, next word, tacos. Ooh. I'm about to say something very controversial. Uh, it, I think it. the f my favorite tacos ever is not in LA, but in Kensington Market. Ooh. You know that little, I don't know the name of that. Seven Lives? Maybe, like it's the yellow one. The shop. Yep. Is that seven? That's my favorite taco place of all time. Wow. wow. And it's very controversial when I say in LA. I'm like, nothing compared huh. to that small store in kensington market nice Ooh, la is all in a, up in the right <laughs> up just about their tacos you can't say that about their tacos, and they're and they're like what maybe it's like their hot dogs as well not so much hot i think mexican food is their thing yeah. um what else is, maybe avocado toast that would Classic. be their thing <laughs> or anything vegan i think they will yeah like yeah I'm sorry, Shirley. I think you've just been canceled. So <laughs> I don't think we can air this episode anymore. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, I'm going right, to stick right. with it. Nice, nice. Next word, Asian. Asian. Um, yeah, I think, not that I've struggled with it a lot, but um, I think because I spent my middle school and high school in China, even though I was, you know, surrounded by international kids at school, <laughs> I didn't really feel that much racism mm. until I came back to Canada. Mm. And, and I was in a really white program. Um, <laughs> so I think it's a, it's a hard thing to 
balance. And it took me a while to kind of lean into it. Yeah. Because um, I didn't actually write any Asian stories before in particular. Mm -hmm. That's why House of Fortune was the first time I did that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm writing another, the comedy that is very Asian. And I'm writing a feature that is, it's a horror, Asian horror. Nice. Um, Yo. So I'm leaning into it, which it's a struggle mm-hmm. um, because you have a lot of advice from different people. So I'm usually the only Asian in every space. And in terms of writing, I think I've gotten notes that are not about the writing. Um. It's about not understanding the culture and then they want me to explain everything and then or like why can't this character be white you know there are things like that and so i think it's okay to lean in which i it took me a while to get there nice yeah and like i definitely support that i think now is now is the time where like you're getting senses like now there could be a wave coming as more and more like asian voices are are getting pushed out there and more creatives are focusing on that like i would agree i think initially i just a quick quick aside just like i think i i had a couple different ideas for stories myself like years ago and i i remember for one of them it would be some kind of like try crime story but like the main character would just I somehow instinctively just made it a white guy. I was thinking it's like, right. what kind of what kind of white guy do I want for this story? Because I was thinking a lot more just like plot and like the right. the main character would just be a whatever white guy detective. And then kind of recently, a year or so ago, you know, when everything was happening and like uh, COVID and stuff, and then I, I came to more of a conclusion where it's like if no, if there aren't as many roles for Asians out there. It's not going to be a bunch of non-Asians that are going to write those roles. It's it's kind right. of up to Asian r- creatives to write those roles. So I thought it's like, mm-hmm. why am I r- thinking of a white guy and trying to come up with some kind of stereotype of a white guy to write, where I should just make him Asian and then just just write it through through that? Yeah, and so. um, I mean, this is a completely side story to your <laughs> side story. <laughs> nice, but, nice podcast. Um, so <laughs> it's so I wrote you know, a spec for Modern Family and I went to the festival and then there was a girl who got into the, you know, CBS writers program. Oh, cool. And then I was like, so what, what did you write? And she specced Master of None and she wrote a pilot called Bad Asians and she got in, right? And then I'm like, oh my God, like it's her brand, you know, yeah. she's writing because she's, um, Japanese American Mm. and and that's the first time I'm like oh I guess I could do that because I spec modern family and I I wrote a script about a white lady in her you know 40s um and not that I can't do that I can but so so I ended up after a year I through some connections, I met with some managers and some production development people. And the manager, I sent her my script, right? My, 
my white lady comedy script. Um, and she was like, why did you write that? And she's an Asian American. Okay. Uh, she's, I think she's Chinese, Chinese American manager. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I just thought it would be fun. And then she was like, but, you know, I don't know how to sell that. Hmm. And people don't tell you this, but like, you need to write you because you're yeah. not really selling the script. They're not buying your script. No one's producing your script. You just have to realize that. Hmm. You're writing a sample to show who you are. Um, so then they're like, why are you writing about white lady with a TV show? It's morning talk show. It, it's just nothing to do with me, right? right? And it's funny and it's fun and you know all that, but no one knows how to market you. And, and you need those people to market you. Mm -hmm. So the 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 advice I got was like, oh, I I can, you know, write something that is me, which will be essentially be Asian. But um, now, you know, all my Asian projects have a different side. So House of Fortune <laughs> is a crime family drama. I'm writing a spy show, a spy Ooh. comedy. And she's like, you know, also this nerd, nerd girl uh, who works for the NSA. And she, you know, that's one show. And then I, the, my horror movie is about pregnancy. And it's about a woman married into this rich family and her mother-in-law is crazy, but she doesn't know it yet, you know, because, because of what, you know, the, the social element of, you know, Get Out or, or such a mm. great movie <laughs> is that there's a commentary. And I personally think the stories I hear about what daughter-in-laws have to put through Ooh, yeah. <laughs> throughout their pregnancy is horrifying. And I think there's an element in that. So it, it's choosing something that is you with a voice and a perspective. I think you can hmm. just do that. I love it. Um, okay, next word. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> segue. Just, just segue. Uh, fortune. Yeah. Um, I think... I think it's really about this. Have the support from find people that support you. Yeah. Um, in your endeavor, <laughs> just cut out the negative people around you. Love it. You know, <laughs> I I think when I was in my early twenties, I don't do that, right? Yeah. But more and more so, I think just your your fortune is people around you, and you should value what they are. contribute to your psyche yeah because it's very important and the last word surely oh um i don't know oh Ooh, that was that was deep yeah i don't that was know deep. i don't know that was deep i don't know um i 
I recently wrote like a nonfiction piece that is about my name. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's about everything where I end up with my name. And yeah, I, I think at some point, I think writing can come in different forms. Yep. And so I might write more nonfiction essays. Hmm. Yeah. As, as an, a different format. But mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Nice. nice. Honestly, I feel like we can talk for like five hours, but thank you so much for coming on, Shirley. Thank that was so you. good. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Um, where can people find you? What are your handles? Um, Shirley underscore Yip. I think it's Shirley. my Twitter handle, <laughs> uh, but I don't really use it. And Instagram is Cheryl's Yip. So S H I R L Z Yip at <laughs> at um, Instagram. So nice. yeah. Oh my god! And uh, so of course, how? House of Fortune is still being developed and still being written and everything like that. Uh, can you just please let us know if there's any updates on it? And we'll yes. definitely like, yeah, put you out there because we'd love to see it one day. Yeah, that would be great. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Josh, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me across all social media at Josh Yang Comedy. Um, so check that out. Uh, again, check out my Fresh Rice comedy set that was released in May. Uh, it was filmed... Uh, 17 months ago when this hair was all the way up here <laughs> so check that out um and of course also my sleep with josh podcast is still out there i know i haven't done that many episodes in the last couple months but uh, i'm gonna get back to it so uh check that out across all uh listening platforms and that's sleep with josh and as a advertisement also for that it works it really does for you to sleep. It does work. It uh, right. I, sh- I should have explained because now people just think it's a podcast where I tell people to sleep with me. But it's it's actually <laughs> it's actually a podcast where I utilize my monotone voice. I read very dry material like the dictionary, laws, um, terms of services for different for different websites as a way of helping people fall asleep. So you could check that out. My last latest one was actually um, should be on there is uh, the Sense of Dune, which is the three character classic. Yeah. And I said, I read it in Mandarin, which in and of itself was already a little nerve wracking because my Mandarin's uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so you could listen to me uh, read those two and uh, yeah, check out for future episodes. Nice, nice. And uh, everyone can find me across social media at Lucas John Ng. And if you like what you see and hear, you can find us at HWNYY Podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. So give it up for Shirley one more time. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Okay. See you all next week. Bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 